A biblical model for a church community. What can we learn from the Puritans? By Pastor Dan Gaiman. The might of the American empire is dissolving into chaos, racing toward the same calamity that befell the Roman Empire times ten. It is imperative that remnant Christians in the American fatherland prepare for the dissolution of their country. The merger of American sovereignty into a one-world government and the overthrow of Christian institutions. Optimism that a surge of Christian Americans will rise from the religious wasteland of this country, return to their roots, and be counted on the side of God, their heritage, and race, is waning. History affords little hope of more than a remnant awaking. The masses will accept the bread and circus afforded them by the hand of government as they are corralled like sheep into the arms of totalitarianism. A look forward. It remains then for God-fearing, blood-washed, spirit-filled, disciplined soldiers of Christ to covenant and combine in church communities patterned after the model established by the early Pilgrim and Puritan fathers who arrived in North America in the early 1600s. These covenant-centered bodies must share a mutual faith in Jesus Christ, a strong commitment to a covenantal theology which binds them to God and to each other, and love for their cultural, heritage, and ethnic kind. Church communities must have a clear sense of vision and purpose. In respect to what they owe to Jehovah God, and the responsibilities that they owe to one another in covenantal commitment. These kinds of church communities have all but vanished. The kinds of church-centered communities that once flourished throughout the British Isles, Scandinavia, and the homelands of the Celtic, Anglo-Saxon, Germanic peoples, the Industrial Revolution, arriving first in England, and then America, and all the rest of the white homelands of the Christian West, transformed our respective countries and ultimately destroyed the concept of community. America moved from an agrarian nation dominated by small towns and rural church communities into a nation of bustling cities, industry, and urban sprawl. Millions of people were uprooted from the land and from long-established communities and crowded into the cities. The Industrial Revolution took fathers away from the farm and cottage industry to the city. In time, this necessitated uprooting scores upon scores of families to the cities. With fathers running factories and entering the corporate world to establish a competitive edge in the American free enterprise system. Soon, families became largely disconnected from their extended families and communities of their childhood, as well as the spiritual, social, cultural, and community roots that once held them in place. The typical American family has no sense of permanence or loyalty to any geographical locale. Instead, it is common to feel disconnected from extended family and the far family farmstead. Sadly, most people hardly know their next-door neighbors, and some even live as vagabonds. A homeless generation. Speaking of vagabonds, as Americans gradually became cut off from their roots, any sense of belonging to an extended family, church, or community began to vanish. Families split apart in every direction, trying to fit into the new economic and social order presented by the Industrial Revolution that engulfed most of America by the Great Depression. Millions of Americans became homeless in the sense that they were disconnected from family, church, and community. They gradually then lost their sense of purpose and belonging. 
Now, the majority of Americans is homeless in the sense that they have no connection to an extended family, church family, or their generational continuity of heritage and culture. Of course, we also recognize that the percentage of literal homelessness has skyrocketed, especially in these past 10 years. It is beyond belief in this land of plenty, largely because of mental illness and drug use. What a sad indictment on our parenting styles and family support systems. In addition to losing our spiritual bearings, we have also forgotten how to keep a family together, healthy, and whole. You cannot live without hope. The American empire of the 21st century is undergoing political, economic, social, and military convulsions. We race from one national calamity to another. Events are occurring with such rapidity that one event cannot be processed before two more are exploding. The long-standing precedent of America being the showcase nation of the world has imploded. Tens of millions of Americans have lost all sense of hope as political paralysis, economic Armageddon, loss of job security, and protracted no-win foreign wars without firm purpose or earnest intent of winning are our new norm. In the midst of this chaos, Anglo-Saxon Germanic Americans have become disconnected from their spiritual, moral, and ethnic roots and simply have little means of or hope of coping. Amid this present confusion, remnant Christians need a specific plan, a vision. For King Solomon wrote, Where there is no vision, the people perish, from Proverbs 29.18. The vision, in this instance, is the gathering of the people who share their worldview, Christian faith, and ethnic heritage. These are definite components of a church community. All of these common values with a people set in at least a fairly rural area constitute a church community that has a true chance at success and survival. The vision is that each family would establish and conduct their home as a mirror image of the kingdom of God, practicing self-denial, self-initiative, love of their neighbor, free enterprise, private ownership of property, and a common vision for God's people to dwell in unity and brotherly love until Jesus Christ's second coming. From Psalm 50, verse 5. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Of course, no community could ever be perfect, for we are all sinners, every single one of us. However, we must set the goal and standards high, aim high, and you just might hit fairly high. Aim low, and you likely will miss painfully low. The plan is to inspire families sharing this common vision to start. Acquire property in a rural setting as far removed from urban sprawl as possible. Avoid nuclear power plants, military bases, etc., and buy individually owned farms, ranches, and farmettes suitable for gardening, orchards, possible truck farming, home cottage industry, etc. Learn a trade. Teach your sons a trade. Prepare them in the areas where you are lacking. Establish a church with a private school or homeschooling your children should be your highest priorities. I cannot stress how important it is to get your children out of the public school system. Failing to educate your children is a major mistake too many people are allowing to happen, slowly because of the lack of commitment or failure to plan. Always remember this, failing to plan is a plan to fail. The Puritan Model If you're serious about this topic, study the Puritans. During the 16th and 17th centuries, the Puritans in England were devoted to reforming the Anglican Church and thus waged a relentless crusade, opposing anything they considered associated with the Roman papacy in worship, doctrine, the episcopacy, church government, and the prayer book. The Puritans wanted a complete reformation of the church, including much greater devotion to Christ 
and more true examples of holiness than some of the so-called saints, whom the Roman Catholics venerated. While most Puritans remained within the church and were considered non-separating Puritans, others chose to leave the church entirely and became known as separatists. The pilgrims who arrived on the shores of North America in 1620 and founded Plymouth Bay Colony were such a colony of separatists. They had separated from the Church of England, moved to the Netherlands, and after some time spent there, returned to England to prepare to sail to America. The pilgrims and the Puritans who followed exerted powerful influence upon America. They laid a tremendous foundation in Jesus Christ and revered his holy word. Their influence is still visible today, although humanists are trying their best to stamp it out. The Christian foundations laid in America by the thousands of Puritans and their descendants in the later 1600s enabled America to become that shining city on a hill. Their influence represented the best we have ever witnessed. They are responsible for every vestige of Christianity that remains in this increasingly pagan nation. They truly must be rolling over in their graves. The Puritan Reformation in England that began in the 1500s continued to its culmination under James I, who was succeeded by his son Charles I of England in 1625. Charles had married Henrietta Marie de Bourbon of France, who was a zealous Catholic. Thus, Charles was determined to move the Church of England away from the Puritan influence. When his close friend and advisor, William Laud, became Archbishop of Canterbury in 1633, he rigidly enforced church rules against Puritan influence. Charles depended on the Star Chamber and Court of High Commission to implement his anti-Puritan policies. These courts were under control of the king rather than the parliament. And Charles used these courts to imprison people who had not violated any law of parliament but were simply trying to displease the king. In response to the harsh treatment from the king, thousands of Puritans fled England for the American colonies resulting in what is called the Great Migration, the founding of Massachusetts Bay Colony, and other settlements. By 1641, some 21,000 Puritans had fled England for America. What a mass migration for those days! By 1688, this population had grown to more than 16 million. It may be difficult for many Americans of the 21st century to fully appreciate the influence that the Puritans exerted upon America. By the end of the 1600s and the beginning of the 18th century, the Puritan seal and strength had began to dissipate as secular humanism and so-called liberalism began to ascend to prominence. Today, the stalwart Christianity of the pilgrims can only be found among the fragmented remnants of Christianity within the United States. The Return of the Pilgrim slash Puritan Separatists It is true that separatism is still part of our story today especially among the Jewish, Chinese, Vietnamese, Cambodians, Negro, Latino, Amish, Mennonite, and other separatists. Among those of Caucasian origin, however, few indeed practice separatism. Otherwise, the media would go ballistic. However, please heed this warning. Those who wish to see their heritage, culture, faith, and race survive the multiculturalism and racial diversity of America must follow the imperative of the Puritans' example of separatism. This is the only model by which our children and their children after them can remain spiritually, morally, and racially fit to welcome the king at his return in glory to establish his kingdom on this earth. Any other option will witness the dilution of not only the DNA of future Anglo-Saxon generations, but also the demise of their biblical faith and morals. 
Puritan ideals can be discovered in a number of venues and a gallery of famous 17th century Puritan theologians, including Thomas Gouge, William Bridge, Thomas Manton, John Flavel, Richard Sibbes, Stephen Carnock, William Bates, John Owen, John Howe, and Richard Baxter. These are those stalwart Puritans whom we should carefully study. The Light and the Glory by Peter Marshall and David Manuel, Fleming H. Roville Company, Old Tappan, New Jersey, 1977, contains a tremendous amount of valuable information. A close perusal of the Puritan documents and political fortunes of the Puritans in Massachusetts Bay Colony and elsewhere will reveal a wealth of material about the separatist lifestyle and principles of the Puritans, a vilified people that we should try very hard to emulate today.